Welcome to Getting Healthcare Right, a bi-monthly podcast about the business of healthcare. Brought to you by TriHealth and hosted by Jamie Smith, president and publisher of the Cincinnati Business Courier. In this podcast series, we explore changes being made by some healthcare systems to provide care differently and in a way that benefits patients, employers, and entire communities all while costing less than traditional healthcare delivery. It's about getting healthcare right. I'm excited for today's episode. I'm reunited with a longtime friend, Terry Hanlon Bremer, COO of TriHealth. And I get to meet a new friend, Dr. Dallas Avil, who has a clinical focus in psychiatry. Welcome, Terry and Dr. Avil. Thank you, Jamie. It's good to be here and it's good to be your friend. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Great to be here as well. And nice to meet you. All right. Well, let's get right into this. You know, we've talked a lot uh, over the last three episodes about population health. You know, Dr. Avil, can you tell me what does behavioral health have to do with population health? Yeah, of course. I'd like to say everything. (laughs) It's usually important. We know that behavioral health issues impede and impair patients' ability to care for their health issues. So for example, a patient who may have diabetes uh, and is depressed can't care for their diabetes as well. And in pop health, the idea is to take care of the whole patient and uh, have them improve overall and globally, both their mental health and their physical problems. Yeah, Dr. Alvo, I think that's a great point. It's really around the whole person, Jamie. So we don't dissect out people, but they come with their medical aspects, but they also have the emotional or mental aspects as well. Absolutely. Yeah, you're bringing your whole self, so you just will uh, check out that whole self while you're there, right? Right. Right. Are you guys seeing issues with behavioral health increasing in the country? And I'm assuming uh, there was some impact that COVID had on this as well. Dr. Avil? Yeah, we're definitely seeing an increase in the primary care office as well as in the hospital, which is where I primarily work. Patients that they're admitted you know, with COVID and uh, the impact on their day-to-day lives, we've had... Um, Young adults admitted whose parents have died of COVID and of course they're depressed about that. We've had uh, elderly patients whose spouses died of COVID and they've basically shut down and able to care for their health problems and ended up in the hospital. Lots of anxiety. Brookings Institute put together a white paper recently talking about the increase in behavioral health problems across the board, focusing primarily on anxiety and depression and found that it, it, some areas quadrupled in intensity and incidence. And I would add a couple of extra points, Jamie. One is, is from the community or employer perspective, we've seen a significant increase in utilization in our employee assistance programs for employers. And that's not only utilization by number of people, but the amount of times they're coming into an EAP session. And that's just because the stressors have become astronomical in the world today. And it ranges anywhere from just the um, more simplistic of, I just have a lot going on in my life to the very um, concerning, which is suicidal thoughts and tendencies. So that's been one aspect. The other is, and and Dr. Avo may want to add to this, is we're seeing a lot around the pediatric population as well. Obviously, the new systems have captured a lot related to mental health in that arena. But since we have the largest pediatric network in this community, 
we know from our pediatricians that they are really being engaged to help mom, dad, support system with a little one around how to help that individual manage stress. Yeah, I know exactly. We recently surveyed the, the pediatricians getting ready for our POP Health Integrated Behavioral Health Initiative about the amount of time they spend per day on behavioral health issues and you know, management of those issues. It's, you know, on average, about two to three hours. So really a quarter to 23% of their day is spent on behavioral health issues. You know what, that's great to hear. And I will say, you know, our company, our parent company, American City Business Journals, has been pushing that out as well. Mm-hmm. You know, now more than ever, it's the time to take care of yourself. There are resources out there. Don't be afraid to use them. Can you guys tell me what TriHealth is doing to address these changes and to address this issue through your population health strategy? Terry, I know that's a big strategy you guys have going. What are we looking at to address this? Yeah, thank you, Jamie. It is, it's a critical strategy for TriHealth. It really is about who we are and what we're doing. Behavioral health is very significant that we have that at the forefront as we look at our population health work. BI3, which is a Bethesda Inc., their philanthropic arm of our organization, they're very generous with transforming care. They've actually provided us with a $9 million grant over the next three years to really look at how to extend an integrated behavioral health model, which Dr. Avo can speak to, throughout all of our adult primary care offices. It's something we've been piloting for the past several years that has done significantly well. We'll get that out to every one of our primary care offices. But we also will have um, part of this grant work being able to then extend into the pediatric offices and bring behavioral health services as an embedded model to our pediatric areas. And we'll be able to create a complex specialty clinic for the individual who's really dealing with significant mental health situations that Dr. Avo can speak to. And then ultimately look at how do we surround our physicians and providers with a care team. So that could be nurse navigators or social workers or community health workers. But how do we create community infrastructure, both internal and external, to try health uh, that can help support a family unit that's going through behavioral health situations. So that is going to be a multi-year initiative. And the reason we're doing that, and we're so thankful to Jill Miller, the president of BI3 for her funding, is it really kind of gives us a jump start just because we recognize the impact of treating that whole person. But our ultimate goal is as we build our population health value-based dollars, that we can reinfuse those dollars into what we call these essential services. So we have a long-standing funding source. So it's not just three years and done. Yeah, correct. We actually started with the Integrated Behavioral Health Model in 2017, also funded by uh, Jill and her team at BI3. And that allowed us to uh, deploy social workers and psychologists in a, a new role for our health system called Behavioral Health Consultants. And they're actually in the primary care physician's offices. And so they're there to see patients even in a warm handoff that day. For example, if a primary care physician has a patient who appears depressed to them or even suicidal, then they can refer them to the behavioral health consultant that day who can do an intervention right on the spot. And they'll also do follow-ups, providing brief therapy and assessments over time. The uh, primary care physicians who have it absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. They absolutely love it. The thing that keeps them, because they're on the bubble for all this, mm-hmm. and it really takes a lot of effort and stress off their hands to have this. 
Dr. Avil, you bring up a great point. Why is it important for you guys to focus on behavioral health in the primary care office? What kind of benefits do we see from that? It's huge. Uh, if you think about about 20% of the adult population have some sort of behavioral health diagnosis. So that's a, a big number. About 70% of primary care visits are dealing with issues around behavioral health. So a high number. Primary care physicians write 79% of antidepressants. So a huge number. Most of the care of mental health care is being delivered right now in the primary care setting. So if we can see the patients where they are, you know, meet them in the primary care office, create a team around that. They're very comfortable with, with the primary care physicians and trusting and it increases the adherence to psychiatric treatments as well. Yeah, and I would add, I think there's a great point, Dr. Avil, that in our population health journey, Jamie, really front and center is that relationship between the patient, their family, and the primary care physician or provider. And because we have been strong advocates of that, you know, in our uh, patient-centered medical homework from two decades ago to current, that is really a critical entry point and a relationship that we want to ensure that we surround with supporting services. And as Dr. Avo mentioned, having that integrated behavioral health model really gets to the forefront because we want to try to prevent exacerbations or prevent unnecessary hospitalizations and treat individuals or connect with individuals more on the front end. And that makes sense. I mean, it's just like anything else with your health, right? You want people seeing their primary care physicians. You don't want them waiting until it's uh, severe and going to the emergency room. So behavioral health is really no different. Correct. Can you guys tell me why other health systems maybe don't focus on behavioral health as much as you guys are looking at? Well, I'll take the first um, approach at that. And Dr. Avo can add. I will speak for TriHealth. Our journey is really around that whole person care. And we have been very fortunate and quite honestly strategic with the services that we offer to have a breadth and depth of resources and services that treat an individual from birth all the way through end of life. And so early on, we knew that behavioral health was very important. And Dr. Avil has taken our behavioral health services to a whole nother level, but it's just been part of the TriHealth DNA for decades. Uh, you know, we have inpatient care units. We have an intensive outpatient service. We deal a lot with alcohol and drug addiction. I mean, we, there isn't an area of psychiatric health that we really haven't touched in the adult arena. So it's just who we are. And so I would say that just a natural evolution of our population health work has been in this integrated approach. Right, yeah, taking it to the next level of, of treating the population. I've been at TriHealth uh, for the most part since 95, and there's always been a strong commitment to behavioral health, psychiatry mm -hmm. services, and certainly the, um, I guess the compensation models in the past didn't necessarily support outpatient ambulatory services, but with the new move to uh, population health and value-based payment, it does. So then it allows us to expand what we've been working on and uh, trying to do all along. Yeah, and it, that just jogged my thought is we also do so much in the community, Jamie, as you know, with the employers. We've had an employee assistance program in the market for over almost four decades now. And we've heard from the voices of our employers and their employees, just the need to have that access point or that entry in to help when help is needed. That has just accentuated itself, you know, post pandemic and, and during the pandemic that the needs are greater now, but that voice has always been around. And I think over the years, at least in my experience, we've moved from where having a behavioral health diagnosis or concern or um, 
a need has moved from that stigma of this is something that I don't want to talk about to now where that stigma is a little bit less and it's more of an openness to engage and to talk about how can you help me be a better person and help me with my mental health situation. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, people are reaching out more and more. We get calls every day in our department about you know people wanting access to, to good behavioral health treatments. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. And it sounds like uh, you're very fortunate to have the partnership there with Buy3 because obviously that, you know, enables you to fund this program. And I love, Terry, what you said about taking that funding and not making it just a three-year plan, but figuring out how to keep that to continue working after the three years. So congratulations to you guys for that approach. You know, my last question, obviously our audience is uh, primarily a business audience. Why do you guys think our audience should be concerned with the issue of behavioral health? Terry, I'll start with you. You know, at the end of the day, businesses want people to show up and be the best that they can be. And businesses really care about their employees, their employee family members. And when you are showing up and you are fully engaged and you are at your best, you're not only going to be able to bring your highest level of performance to that organization, but that's going to benefit the individual and the organization in terms of their productivity, their overall health and well-being. You're going to see it in terms of employee engagement being higher, safety records being better, production being better, an overall culture being better. I mean, it just impacts everything. And so, you know, what we're hearing from employers is, their concern is that there aren't enough resources for their employees today. And how can we open up more resources as a community to help people? Because when an individual's at their best, then their family's going to be at their best. And when the family's at the best, then that neighborhood and community's at its best. And it just helps our overall Cincinnati area. So it's really this rippling out starting at the individual level. I don't know if I could add much to that. <laughs> That's a great answer. Um, my only thought is I know that business leaders care about their people mm-hmm. and, and that they recognize that they suffer from all kinds of illnesses, uh, including behavioral health illnesses. And they also care about their bottom line and the folks that are either presentism or absenteeism from depression or anxiety or whatever illness it is, that it's costly to them. And, and uh, I'm sure more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you both for being on here today with me. I want to thank TriHealth. I have uh, long been an admirer of what TriHealth has done uh, as a system in the community and even with their own employee base. You know, Terry, I met you originally when we were uh, doing our Healthiest Employer Program and our Best Place to Work Program. And TriHealth always is right there at the top of those lists because, you know, you start with your own employees and then you take that out through the community. So I want to congratulate you both and thank you. Thank you, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for the opportunity. All right, listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's program and we look forward to being back on again soon uh, with more issues on what makes healthcare right. Thank you for downloading Getting Healthcare Right, presented by the Cincinnati Business Courier and sponsored by TriHealth. To learn more, visit trihealth.com.